Welcome to Thrive with Trevor Huffman Podcast. Trevor will be sharing 20 years of his NBA, NCAA, and overseas basketball playing, training, and coaching experience to help basketball athletes, parents, and humans find their athletic edge and thrive. Thrive is a deep dive into the lives, routines, habits, and minds of the world's best mental performance coaches, leadership professors, pro basketball athletes, NBA and WNBA skill trainers, and thought-leading sports psychologists. Let Trevor help you find the edges of your comfort zone so you can thrive. Thanks for listening to this episode of Thrive with Trevor Huffman. Don't forget to check out these other great shows on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com Podcast, Cavalier Central, and of course our flagship, the Hoopheads Podcast. You can find all our shows on your favorite podcast apps. All right, everybody. Welcome to Thrive. I got uh, another friend of mine, Ben Simons. Cadillac high school product. Do they say product at Cadillac? Why do they say product? By the way, uh, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, like I'm a thing, not not like not not like a person from there, huh? You're like a like Clorox bleach. I'm like yeah. the Clorox bleach wipe from Petoskey. You're like well, a, you're sell Clorox bleach for millions of dollars right now, probably. <laughs> That's true. Not a bad product to have. Yeah. Ben played at Creighton University, uh, Northern Michigan guy, good friend of mine. We've we've done camps together uh, for years. He's played all over the world: Spain, France, Belgium, or not France, uh, Spain, Belgium, Germany. Right? Any, any, any yeah, that's it. it. That's it. It's a couple teams in each of the countries, though. So yeah, but that's that's the only countries. Yep. Are you how how many texts have I sent you to get you onto the Thrive podcast? How, how long do you think we've been trying to connect for this? Well, I remember us just talking on the phone when I was in Spain like three years ago and you hadn't even started a podcast yet. And we were just <laughs> talking and you're like, hey, we should do a podcast. So I remember wow. that. But after this, oh, dude, for since, I don't know, last summer maybe? I don't know. If, I think it, this might be a new podcast though, no? I have like 17 podcasts, yeah, Ben. Okay, yeah, yeah, I start a new yeah. one every month. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just l- really love the branding process because you yeah, know it's... I know you do. I know you do. I know you do. Yeah, <laughs> that's my. I think I have ADHD because I I'm 100. Yeah. I change my logo. I love to change all that stuff, but I know I don't think it's really well. You're helping. doing. You're always doing something something new, man. You're always doing something new. Yeah, but this you, is. You got, I'm sticking with yeah. this one. This is fun because no, this, this is one mine. sounds good. Yeah, this, this one sounds this, good. Yeah, like and you know I like to talk about what what the heck makes athletes tick. And mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of Northern Michigan people, 17, I think we're at now have, have listened to this. Um, you know, and so it's cool because we're from Northern Michigan. And so people can listen to it and be like, huh, that's it's crazy, crazy stories. These guys have lived. So why, why don't you start? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about where you started and, and where you're going. Yeah. Well, I mean, where it started, I mean, it started, I guess, a long time ago, huh? Back in, back in Cadillac. I'm getting old now, man. I'm 29. So it's, it's been a while, but, um, no, I mean, I grew up in a very basketball family. Obviously my dad coached high school basketball from before I was born till I was probably in, I mean, he's back coaching now, I guess, but, um, you know, he's coached for, I don't know, 30, 40 years. So I was always, you know, at the gym, um, his brothers and, and, and things coached in high school. So, 
what me and my cousins would do for fun was just walk across the street to Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart High School and go play two on two, three on three, whatever. So um, mm-hmm. that's kind of how it all started. But, um, you know, and then as I got into high school, you know, you start working up a little more. You start going to play AU. Um, I went down to Grand Rapids and played for the Storm. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a it's been a long journey and one that hopefully is going to continue for a little while longer. For sure. I mean, and and I think, yeah, you're 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 you you basically, you know, I tell my I told my little brother, I was like, you know, you really start to feel your body change as an athlete when you're in your 30s, 32, 31. Yeah. You know, so you know, enjoy these these to me these prime years if you can keep keep your body young and keep training, you know, and, and focused on on you know keeping your body healthy and like you said, we both we both said like if we had NBA money. What would be the first thing we would use that money for? And you said a chef. Like I, we would for both sure. get chef, personal chefs 100%. because that is everything so else hard. is fine. Yeah, everything else is fine. Let, you know, like whatever. You know, everything else is cool. I just want somebody to cook my meals because it's just it's it's not even the, the fact of doing it. It's just you never want to do it. You know, you always are wasting time doing it. You feel like you just want to be able to come home and have the food ready. Yeah. And then eating healthy, you know, I mean, exactly. I, if yeah. I knew how to cook healthy food and make it taste good, I'd be the healthiest dude in the world because sure. I like feeling good. I like feeling, you know, but I can't cook. Yeah. I, I have the cooking skills of a nine-year-old toddler. I, just That's, put, I think my problem is, is I can cook a few things, but it's not a lot of variety. So then you get tired of it. And then I think that's when you kind of yeah. go to the stuff that uh, isn't quite as healthy that maybe tastes a little bit better. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you you said you were at Cadillac. You you started off your, your career there, you know, just started playing. At what point did you think, man, like, what am I going to, I'm going to, like, did you start setting goals or, or was there a moment in time that you remember that you were like, man, I could play in college? Yeah, I think so. So my first goal, I think, was to play varsity as a freshman, but it didn't happen. I mm-hmm. played on the JVT. I got moved up maybe four or five games left in the, uh, in the season from the JV team to the varsity. But, um, we had a, we had like 10 seniors, I think on that varsity team, uh, when I was a freshman. So it was going to be tough, but I think the first time I remember like kind of actually figuring out if I was good was when I went down to, uh, my AAU tryout for the Grand Rapids storm when I was 15 and under, mm-hmm. I remember, I remember going in the car and my dad being like, Hey, I have no idea what this is going to be like, you know? When you're from Northern Michigan, a lot of times, you know, you've only played against guys from Traverse City to um, maybe Petoskey up where you were from. You know, mm-hmm. that even that when you're in seventh and eighth grade, you might not play those teams. So um, that was the first time I remember kind of realizing, like, yeah, I think I'm probably the best guy on this team, mm-hmm. you know, playing with other guys from, from Kalamazoo, Grand Rapids, Holland, things like that. So mm-hmm. I think that was the first time in my mind I thought, like, okay, I think that I can probably. Uh, take this somewhere because I think I got my first scholarship offer after that summer of my freshman year going into my sophomore year from Oakland, I believe is when they first offered me my first scholarship. So that was kind of the point where uh, I was like, okay, then this is, this is, if I can continue to get better, um, I I think I can make this happen. That's interesting. I I didn't know that you got recruited so early. You didn't have to. Yeah. uh, Crazy. (laughs) Actually, I think what, no, what happened. Yeah. We can talk about that too, because it's, um, you know, I think with you, it's funny with you, you had to work so hard just to get that one offer from Kent state. You had to go to all these camps. You had to go to all these, uh, you know, these AU tournaments and stuff for me. I think you really, you, uh, 
you know, Johnny, Luke Johnson, Brian Snyder, like the, you guys that came before me really helped, you know, kind of get Northern Michigan on the map to where, um, you know, I probably had 20 scholarship offers um, by the, by the end of it, you know, so it's, That's it's just awesome. a lot different. And it's, I mean, it's a lot different to how the times were. I think AU was probably quite a bit bigger. It's not even when I played, it's not nearly as big as it is now, but mm. it was, it was to the point where, you know, college coaches were at all the games and things like that. So, yeah. um, you know, a cell phone technology text messaging, it was a little different in the recruitment. Yeah. Like I was sending tapes out to every D one yeah. school in the, in the, you know, in the Midwest, Butler, exactly. Central, Eastern Michigan state, you know, and, um, it's just so funny because, you know, like the guy that I always heard about growing up was Dan Marley, Thunder Dan, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And like yeah, Thunder, Thunder, yeah, he goes to Central Michigan. You know, he couldn't like this guy's one of a great NBA player by the end of it. He couldn't even get an offer from yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Literally, you know, get, went to became a Chippewa, Central Michigan Chippewa, yeah. you know, and I never got to really see him play, but you just hear stories about how good he was. And, and you know, I'm like, dude, where is Thunder Dan? Like, why won't he come back and coach me or train me or like play one on one with me? You know, and I was all like, that's a big reason why I do the Huffman, Huffman basketball camps now is because mm-hmm. I, you know, now nobody remembers me, which is even funnier because, you know, uh, nobody like, remembers me either, though, I don't think, you know, and <laughs> oh, I, they I'm remember bit, you. They remember yeah, you. I don't know. It's probably more their their parents by now. You know, yeah. <laughs> well, I know some of the parents you were you played against also. But but, you know, I think that's something that both were pretty passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the first thing you came to me when we when you started this thing, what, three, four summers ago, five summers ago. Mm-hmm. And you said, like, hey, we need to, like, make these northern Michigan kids um, realize that they're going to have to work, you know, really hard to get seen. And I think it's helped with, you know, a lot of these guys going off to play for some of these AU teams and kind of realizing that, uh, you're not just going to be able to play your buddies or, you know, play, play in, you know, the, the local YMCA league to get seen. It's, it's going to take a little bit of commitment. And, uh, I think we're starting to see that a little more. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, at that age, it's tough, you know, because, the world of youth basketball in the United States, uh, you typically play your own age group, you know, yeah. and I think, which is, which is, you know, disappointing to me. And it's another reason why I love, um, love training, you know, integrating youth into, to playing with pros and college players as quickly as possible. If they're good enough, you know, if that's where they want to go. And, um, yeah, I did that with my little brother. I did, you know, I did that with, with any, you know, Corey Starkey, you know, who mm-hmm. played at uh, Bucknell and, and Dustin, you know, like you said, those guys that came after uh, Luke Johnson and, and, and Dan Marley and, and, and me and John, you know, like that, it was just for me, it was just like, I was just struggling to get there. Hey, basketball parents, coaches, and athletes. One of my favorite adapted quotes is we do not rise to the level of our basketball goals but rather we fall to the level of our basketball training system. Why do I say that? Well, I want to help all your basketball athletes, kids, or players figure out how to chase their basketball dreams in a smart, systematic way. So I'm offering my live online basketball training community today and get a free week of virtual home basketball workouts streamed into your garage, your living room, your basement, your driveway, and you get to work out with the pros. All right, we do this every week, and for the first time, your kids will have direct access to me, sports performance trainers, other pro coaches for as little as $25 a month. If you're interested, please visit trevorhuffman.com or text me, quote, Huffman Club with your full name 
at 810-771-8622. Again, that's 810-771-8622. Then you look at like a guy like Luka Doncic. Did I say his name right? Luka, Luka, Luka Doncic? Luka Doncic, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, who you played against in Spain, who at that time was the same age as we were, right? In high school. Yeah, like, exactly, how old was he yeah. when you he played was against eight, him? He was, yeah, he was 18, but he was, <laughs> I mean, he hits a different. I mean, I played in that game and immediately told everybody I knew, like, this is, this is the best basketball player I've ever played against. You know, we had this game plan. <laughs> the mm-hmm. game plan was to hard trap him. So every time he came off a ball screen, hard trap. And he's six foot eight. So every time he came off, he drop a little pocket pass. Hmm. They'd hit their big man. The big man would take one dribble, kick it to the corner. Three, three, three. And this just <laughs> kept happening and happening and happening. Uh-huh. And we kept trying to switch up the defense. Then we played this kind of Spanish type defense. That's a little hard to explain, but you'd come off the pick and roll. And instead of trapping with a big man, you'd come and run double from the guy on the wing. And he just hit the wing. They'd hit the corner three, you hmm. know? And I think he had, I don't know, he maybe played 18 minutes and had, 13 points, 10 assists, six rebounds. Like it was, and he didn't even sweat. It seemed like, so um, yeah, I remember when, you when they were that. going through, yeah, when they were going through the draft process and I saw he wasn't going to go number one. I mean, it's, I mean, you see what he's doing now. It's just, were you, were you like, what fact, are they doing? Like, this is the yeah, dumbest thing you, you've ever seen. It doesn't make any sense. Him. It just doesn't make any sense. I, the, the stigma of him being European and, Oh, he's not going to be athletic enough. He's not going to be this. I don't mm. think, uh, I don't think a lot of even NBA GMs, or NBA presidents or owners understand how much a basketball IQ is going to be important or more important than just being a good athlete because the way he can pass and, 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 and just play basketball is, is at a whole nother level than, than anything I've seen for sure. Yeah. And like, you know, you take a look at like, you remember like Ricky Rubio, but you could, you yeah. know, you could see deficiencies in Rubio. Exactly. Same, I know, mean, Ricky, like, Ricky's also a big point guard, but he can't shoot. Yeah, exactly. you know, so you can go under these ball screens with him, and you know, it's even plagued him throughout the NBA. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's still not a consistent enough shooter to to do the same things. But uh, I mean, with Luca, I mean, he has this, these step back moves, and no, he's not that quick, but he's really big and really strong. I mean, he's six foot eight, two hundred twenty pounds. I don't know, you know, give or take, and and can still get by people because you have to respect and be so close. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with his step back jumpers and and everything like that. Yeah, he's he's technically so much fun to watch. You know, because he, he he mm-hmm. plays at such a high IQ, and he's so big. You know, it's like um, it's like you know, similar to like a, a LeBron that can shoot yeah. a little bit better from outside, or, or you know, who yeah. who can read, who has like the IQ of a pick and roll. You know, understanding every you know every style of pick and roll defense. You know where. He was learning that stuff early on, and I think that yeah, that exactly. really helps the the. I mean, playing playing against you know playing in the the second best league in the world in Spain and winning Euro League MVP and the championship at eighteen years old, like he's seen everything already. You know, playing yeah. against grown men. You know, these. I don't think I think it's I think it'd be surprising if you took a good college team over there and played against some of these professional teams. How big of a difference it's going to be. Um, to, to see just the level of, um, physicality for sure. Number one, um, mm-hmm. you know, the referees obviously let you play a lot more over in Europe and, and uh, you'll see that in the Olympics and things like that. Mm-hmm. And also, um, just, you know, the, the age and, in, in, in like the basketball experience that, that everybody will have compared to, you know, uh, even Kentucky or a Duke who are going to have 
for sure the best athletes on the court. That's not going to be a, you know, a debate, but it's, you know, there's a lot more to basketball than being just a great athlete. Obviously that's, that's important and that helps, but um, you know, you have to, you have to also know how to play and, and know how to, to do things on the court. Yeah. Which, you know, helps that you, like you said, you're having it coming from a basketball family, you know, you've learned how to play the right way. You learned how to hit shots. You, you know, you learned how to shoot. I, I, I to this day, I, I don't know, you know, I coached a lot of good players this year and I'm like, God, man, Ben, you know, I still, I'm like, Ben still, you're, well, how tall are you? Six, eight? Yeah, six, uh, yeah, probably in shoes, six, six, seven to six, eight, somewhere in between there. Yeah. You know, and and just having that range that you have and that pure, you know, the pure shooting ability that you have, I'm just like, yeah, you know, it's like so hard to guard because you know you're you're so big, but at the same time, you know, you learned how to play when you were young, so you know how to come off screens, you know how to read screens. You're really, really good at using your body. You know, it's not like you have, it's not like you have 45 inch vertical. I mean, no, I'm not, no, I'm not hurting sure. your feelings there, right? No, you're, no, 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 you're not. Like, how did back you? Back in high school, back in high school, I used to be all right. But uh, now, you know, with a lot of miles put on the legs and things like that, uh, it's, it's gone down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, how did you, how, what, tell me a little bit about how you worked out, you know, like what your, what your workout program is. A lot of the stuff I like to talk about on, on this show or show yeah. it's show it. I mean, the show means people watch <laughs> it then. And that's not yeah. true. But that like, show like, tell me what you do, you know, maybe take me through high school, college and the pros, how you've shifted your basketball workouts and what you focus on and, and kind of what your, what your week look like, looks like and what your day looks like in terms of basketball workouts. Well, I think I, I think a lot of my game came from, you know, our high school system. So, you know, at Cadillac, we ran a four out one in motion offense. So mm-hmm. that's what it was. It was kind of random. Uh, I mean, we had systems and, and plays, but it was kind of like random. Like you'd come to a pickup game or like our open gyms and you'd just see us playing, setting screens, flare screens, down screens, pin downs. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we didn't run ball screens. There was no ball screens at that time in our system. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, all of our individual workouts, when we'd go work out, where you'd throw a chair out there, our coach would be at the top of the key and you'd come off and you'd shoot semi curls or you'd mm. shoot curls with finishes at the basket. And then we'd come out to threes. Um, and then, you know, you'd work on flares. So all that, all that part of my game is for sure come from all my workouts when I was starting in sixth grade, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where all the reading of the screens and footwork came from. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you go to college, I think it becomes a little more, um, competitive, the, the workouts, you know, when you're working out with your teammates, it's a lot of one-on-one, uh, two-on-two, you know, for like, uh, for like mental, mental, uh, um, you know, try to get a mental edge, you know, they try to work you really hard, full court, one-on-one, things like that. Um, but I've always continued to do kind of the same things. I mean, when me and you work out, you see what we do, you know, we do the, you know, coming off handoffs, um, coming off pin downs, like just mm-hmm. things that are going to help you be a good basketball player and, and work on different things. You know, we're not just going in there and uh, working on a bunch of dribble moves like Kyrie Irving or things like that. Cause that's, that's not going to be what I'm going to do in a game. So mm-hmm. I work on things that are going to um, translate to game, uh, game action for sure. Yeah. And I think it's important that anybody listening to this and they're wondering how to get better or um, build a workout or build a system for themselves. You know, I, I always say like, what, you know, what are the shots you're taking in games and what are the shot what are the shots you're missing in, in games? Bob Taylor, um, I, I've been you know, coached me as a kid and, and I've linked back up with him and he's we talk about basketball a lot and 
you know, working with a couple of his, his, his kids. And anyway, he, he says, you know, if you made your shots in the games, you'd probably win, you know? And, and so a lot of kids are upset, like, Oh, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. You know, but you missed your shots, you know? So what yeah. shots, like I break down a workout into this, like, what are the, you know, what are the five situations you're seeing yourself in the most in a game? You know, are they pin downs? Are they uh, transition, full court transition? Are they, are you finishing at the rim a lot? Um, you know, are you uh, using pick and rolls? You know, so I try to break down, you know, I think bringing value to a guy like you, for instance, if I was to look at your workout program, you know, exactly. I would be looking at like, all right, we want to create just such uber efficiency off, off the ball, off the catch, you know, making you, you know, you having you shoot at such a high clip, you know, where you're making eight or nine out of 10 threes, you know, from in different footwork scenarios or things like that, where, you know, you can, you can apply pressure to yourself mentally and hit those big shots. You know what I mean? And I think for a point, you know, for a guy like me, who is a point guard, you know, I'm going to be doing different stuff at that level. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, that's one way to look at building your basketball workout. What are the shots you're missing right now or taking in games and start to break those situations down into your one-on-one training, you know, or one-on-one skill development training. And, you know, I think that's a, a good way to look at it. But, um, yeah, for me, and I know you agree with this for me, the best way that, I, that I got better when I was young was going and playing people that were better than me and older than me. You know, I know me and you talk about that a lot. Like, the quickest way to get better is by playing somebody that's better than you or going against somebody that's older than you or stronger than you. Because I remember when I was, you know, seventh, eighth grade, I'd go practice with the varsity team and I would get killed. Mm. But, you know, a week later, it'd be a little bit better. A week later, it'd be a little bit better. And then by the time you get to, um, you know, by the time you grow into your body or you grow into your game a little bit more, um, that's all going to help you. So, yeah. you know, the one on the one on O, you know, the workouts, obviously you have to do that stuff for skills. Um, and things like that. But, but I think the best way is, you know, get out there and play one-on-one, two-on-two, or go and play and pick up things like that. Yeah, um, with sure. competition that really, I mean, that's really what's going to test you because then you can work on some of those things, um, you know, that you've been working on in your one-on-one skill stuff and, and put them into a game situation. Is, it, is this going to work for me or do I have to keep working on this? Have I figured this out? Um, yeah. you know, that, that type of thing. Yeah, for sure. I had, I was working a kid out. I'm going to give a shout out to Bob and Will Garcia. Um, they, they've been to every one of my session, my virtual workouts on Thursdays. Right. And I've okay. been seeing Will all year, all summer long, you know, since, since I started, I don't even know when I started doing these virtual workouts, it's literally COVID hashtag COVID life. I don't know what day it is half the time, but they come and Will is just, you know, you can see improvement for the kids that are consistent in their footwork and they're yeah. dribbling. And, you know, that's typically what I focus on because I'm, uh, you know, I typically work course, with guards. That stuff, that stuff can be learned too, you know, like that's, that's the type of stuff that can be learned with repetition, you know, yeah. obviously size, um, things like that, that's going to be a little harder, but the, the skill and the footwork and the, in those things, those are the stuff that can be, can be learned and taught with repetition and, and, For you know, sure. like high, high rep, high reps and high speed repetition. Right. And, and he, he, he said like, I haven't played, I haven't been able to compete much other than playing against my dad. And I was like, you know, I, that's what I, I tell all the kids in the club, who are you challenging? Like that's better than you. Who are you playing one-on-one against? And, and, um, and, and Will worked out. So I came to Mount Pleasant, uh, ironically, I don't know. Did yeah. you grow up in Mount Pleasant to begin uh, with? My, all my, both my families did though. Both okay. my mom and dad are from Mount Pleasant all my cousins and stuff. We go there every weekend pretty much. Okay. So. 
I got gotcha. you. Yeah. And so he he plays this, you know, one of his buddies from AAU, and he's like, Coach Huff, I got forty percent better this summer, and I haven't been playing AAU. Uh, you know, it made me. I felt so happy. Number one, because I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like that. You, that's why I coach. You know, that's why I like to train. I like to 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 work with kids, is because you can really see the kids that really want to improve, and it's they're they're doing it. Their effort, they're earning it. You know, I'm just trying to give them a little strategy to do it, but you know, stuff like that really uh, gets me gets me going, and you know. As you know, we, we get to those camps. I, I turn it on. I yell. I'm, I think I'm getting more like Bobby, not Bobby Knight. Like I'm not going to throw a chair, but I love. Did I see you get tossed out. Did you get tossed I, out of the game this year? Didn't you? I did, Ben. I got <laughs> I tossed out. I saw a clip on Twitter, man. I saw a clip <laughs> on Twitter of you throwing the throwing the jacket. I think I got a little. Um, I got a little carried away. We were playing Antwerpen, who's yeah, in I the. You know, I played. I played. I played in Antwerp two years, yeah. so I know. Normally, I felt like felt like Freaking we were. Rest. I didn't think the refs liked Antwerp though, man. But now they, it's a little different. Now they've uh, they've, they've come around. They're, they're one they've of the top. Around. Yeah, they're one of the top guys in the league now. For sure. We were winning, Ben. We were winning, and um, I didn't like a call. They, you, you know, he took a, a he flopped. We had we had some good big guys this year, and and yeah. and um, we had some big big guys, and, and they, you know we were beating them, and they gave me a t- they gave me a double technical. Uh, I don't oh, know. straight away, straight, straight away. away, straight away. Uh, just for arguing Who's the, the ref? call. Who's the referee? I think it was one of those brothers, Nick Vandenbrock, you know, yeah, dude, he apologized worst, to me on Facebook. Yeah, that's, worst, how, that's how it works yeah, on worst, Facebook. Apology. I'm so sorry yeah, I kicked you out. Don't don't write me a message on Facebook you after fine? you kick me You got a fine for that? What's, like the, oh, yeah. what's the protocol good, with that? Yeah. I think I paid like 500 euro fine. Really? For injection? Wow. Yeah. Uh, I got a couple. I think I took three three T's. I got, um, you know, I get it. I can sometimes get emotionally uh, hijacked or maybe I'm just emotionally <laughs> unstable when I coach. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's exactly my first year. You are in life though too, man. That's what's funny <laughs> about it. People, I, I, ha- you know, like if, if I let myself, I can, I can stay really emotionally like even keeled, you know? Yeah. And then all the, my That's team. That's how I know you. That's how yeah, I know you. Everybody man. knows me as like the even keeled guy. Like I, I don't typically get, get uh, overly emotional, but you know what? My, management my upper management all they were like hey yeah we just we want you to be we want we want you to be more fiery more intense you know like uh you know more like when you played and i'm like yeah but i'm you know that's just not my personality unless i am playing you know so that's when i started getting kicked out and getting all these teeth (laughs) i was trying to be you know tap into my inner uh beast mode but yeah anyway so well um, let's see what else we got. We have, and then you went to Creighton, right? Drake, Drake, Drake. Drake. Why do Creighton I always was our think rival, Creighton? Man. Creighton was our, Creighton was our rival. Man. I always think you went to Creighton just cause I, yeah. you're like McDermott's son. No, dude, Doug, <laughs> Doug gave us some buckets, man. You know, yeah, <laughs> Doug gave us some buckets for sure. Doug could play. Now, did you match up with Doug McDermott? No, not really. I played more on the wing and I mean, he plays on the wing in the NBA, obviously because of his size is a you know, for the NBA levels, a little different, but he played like the four and five more in college because mm. he was, his game has changed a lot since college. He, I mean, shot threes at a high percentage in college, but mm. his game was at the bucket, like post ups, quick finishes, like quick seals. Mm. I mean, he wasn't as, he wasn't really a strong, strong guy, but what he had was like amazing angles and footwork and like mm. shots, like tough shots from tough angles. Uh, it's funny, our first, his first ever Missouri Valley game we played at Creighton and he was playing okay in the non-conference like 
it was, it was, he was supposed to redshirt his freshman year. You know, his dad was the coach and mm-hmm. um, he was supposed to redshirt, but they're like one of their four men had to have shoulder surgery. So he had to come in the game. His first game in the Valley as a freshman, he had 28 and 10 on us. Oh, and God. it was like, dude, I mean, and then that just catapulted him. Like he was first team all league as a freshman. So um, <laughs> he, uh, we, we saw a lot of each other cause we were only one year apart. I was a, so I was a sophomore his freshman year. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, we saw a lot of him, but, uh, good guy. Like before he even was in school, I played on his team in summer league out there. There was a summer league where all the Drake guys and Iowa state guys and all like the local guys uh-huh. uh, would, would come play. And he was on my team. And at that time he hadn't committed to college yet. I was kind of trying to get him to come to Drake, um, things like that. Cause his dad wasn't going to take him at Iowa state. His dad uh-huh. said, I'm not going to, he didn't think he was good enough, I guess, wow. um, to go to play at Iowa state. And, uh, when his dad got fired there and got the Creighton job, or maybe he didn't get fired, he might have just left. Um, he uh, he ended up taking him there. So he uh, it's a it's a big thing in the valley. Yeah, well, he was going to go to Northern Iowa because his dad was a coach there, and their coach was kind of his mm-hmm. um, you know protege there. You know, he had mentored him. And uh, when when Greg McDermott got the job at Creighton. You and I, Northern Iowa, let him out of his deal, and they're really the top one of the, like the top two or three teams, mm-hmm. along Wichita State in the conference. So it was, uh, yeah, there was a lot of drama uh, around that whole situation. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, he was one of the best college players ever, really, if you look at it statistically. So yeah, he um, could play, he pretty, could go. Yeah, I didn't oh, realize man. he was playing the four. I thought he was more of a three, three, four. But no, he played four, five. He played the four, five. Honestly, um, they had another big guy. Uh, that fit perfectly with them. You know, they had a really good high-low game. They had this guy, mm-hmm. Gregory Echenique. He was like 6'10", 280. Just oh, a beast. Yeah, mm-hmm. beast down low. And um, they had a good, like, high-low game um, that, you know, Doug could kind of play out or play in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, they, I mean, they had they had some good teams there. And I I always, first of all, why did I always think you played at Creighton? Huh? They're only, like, we're only, like, an hour apart, hour and a half apart. Do they have the same, the same colors? colors same ah, colors. I knew it. That's yeah, it. Same color. We're like the same school, just in different different uh, cities. <laughs> yeah. All they right. So you did really, Yeah. You don't yeah, care. They have a really. Hit. I'm just gonna well, stick. They, were, they have a they have a really really rich tradition there, so <laughs> that would have been all right. <laughs> I love it. What's one of the funniest stories, basketball stories you've ever had happen to you or been oh, a part man. of? Man, I don't know. What like, what's one of yours? Like what what, oh. what do you what do you think of? Here, I got a good one. I got um. Um, so when I was, um, coming out of Kent state, I think I've, I don't, I haven't told this story yet on, uh, on, on thrive, which, um, it's one of my favorite stories to tell because it's with LeBron James, uh, and and, uh, so, you know, I'm, 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 I'm 25, 26. I'm, I'm coming off, you know, I'm starting to play in Belgium, I think, or, or just won a cup championship in Portugal, had a great season in Portugal. You know, I'm kind of like refiguring out my body and, and after Poland kind of just ruined me. Yeah, I know the uh, me- Poland story. Yeah. <laughs> meant, yeah, the Poland story just thought my hand was going to get you told. Off. You told the Poland story? Yeah, I told that. Told? I told that one. And, um, okay. you know, Riley, the chance played in Poland, too. So, you know, ah, they played on your team this year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Riley and I shared how, you know, like basically our souls were just taken from us in Poland. Like yeah, it was man. terrible. I terrible remember you Poland. telling me that. So I'm, I'm finally like getting my confidence back. You know, it took me a while. It took me a while. I had to drop weight. Um, you know, the Phoenix Suns had basically told me I was too big. Like I was a fullback, you know, I was benching 
like 325. I looked, I looked like the fullback from the uh, New England Patriots. Um, I don't remember the guy's name. He, like, he had, they, you know, they have no necks. They're basically just like huge. Yeah. That's me. I was playing like that. And, and uh, so I had to lose weight. And so I was finally figuring that out. I'm at Kent State, working out with the guys, come back in the summer, you know, hanging out, getting, and I invite my little brother D2 down. And uh, he's at he's at Brown now. I think he's a freshman or sophomore. And we get a call like, hey, you guys want to play in Akron, some open gym with some of the Akron guys? I'm like, yeah, sure, man. I'll go over and play. You know, I typically like to just work out and play three on three or small sided games during the year. Like, I don't like to play pickup a lot. You know, I'm the I, opposite. I just, I'm the opposite. I prefer to play pickup. Yeah. See, I'm not. I I, that's I. Cause, but I don't like running. Like I hate. Like right now, I hate it because you know the gyms and stuff aren't open. Like I yeah, got to run outside, true. so it's yeah. it's rough for me right now. Yeah. So you look at five on five as like fitness for you. Conditioning. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Conditioning. Condition. It, it is. Yeah. It is good. Yeah. Like from that standpoint, it's it. it that's basically how I view it too. Because you're not. You're not really. You know, if if you play five on five for two hours, you might get. You know. 15 20 shots i don't know unless you're unless you're yeah, lebron yeah. which i which yeah. <laughs> lebron opens the door at akron university so literally i'm like oh what uh, hey hi lebron you know like and i'm like he's first of all he's huge you know so i'm looking up i'm i'm just got a huge smile on my face he goes what's up huff and i was like ah, how'd you how do you know my name like i'm thinking that i didn't ask that i'm like yeah yeah you know my name you know like i, I went to kent state he, he used to come watch us play at kent state so you'd have autograph lines out the door when we were, you know, when we yeah. were beating, beating everybody in the Mac, you know, um, we were just kind of just three years in a row in the NCAA tournament. So everybody hated Kent state, you know, when I was there, but we, we loved it. Like we actually loved that everybody hated us. And, and so we get to Akron and now I'm like, Oh, this is going to be a different game now with LeBron playing with the Akron guys, you know? Uh, so it was. Those were his boys, though, right? Those were his boys. Yeah, uh, those were all his high school teammates. So yeah, like this, this was yeah. like this was like a, a nice little rivalry going. We had the Kent State boys versus the Akron boys, and and there were some other pros on the on on our team. And my little brother got, I, you know, I think I just said like, "Hey, LeBron, just you know, can I play with my little brother?" You know, I think that's what I asked. And he goes, "Sure, huh?" <laughs> you know. So he puts me and D two on the same team for right off the bat, and yeah. I'm like, I'm nervous. Like I'm nervous. Like this is the NBA championship. Nervous. Like I, you know, I haven't been playing a lot of five on five. I've just been shooting and working out. So anyway, we we have Nene Hilario, who was a Brazilian. He played for the Nuggets yeah. and the Wizards. He still might. He might still be playing. I know he might yeah. still be playing. He's been getting checks for a long time. And he he guarded LeBron. So and I was guarding like um, Drew Drew Joyce. I think was his name. Yeah. Guard yeah. and um, yeah. he played in Germany for a long time. Yeah, played in Germany. Good, good little. He was good. You know, good solid college player back then. And, uh, they had Romeo Travis and some other guys, but anyway, we ended up beating LeBron like four or five games in a row, close games, like good games, really good games. And I just remember thinking like, man, this guy is like NBA jam on, on steroids, man. Like he, he, he just, he's like the turbo button is on all the time. He, he, he runs, he just glides, he covers so much ground and he just, you know, he's so smooth and, and, uh, Nene Hilario would just kind of make him shoot jumpers because Nene was bigger and stronger. So, you know, we got, we got the better of him. And then at one point D2, we get an outlet pass. So we go into transition and Nene throws it to D2 and D2 is, you know, my brother, he's, he's a little 165 pound freshman or sophomore at Brown university. And he sees that LeBron has a read on it. You know, he, he he's coming back for the steal. 
And uh, it's kind of lo- floated up there. And, and there's refs. Like LeBron has refs. He has water bottles. He has like a smoothie station. Yeah. I think Jamba Juice refs was there. Pickup. Yeah, like we had like a, basically like a, a Jamba Juice in the, in the house at Akron U. Like it was unbelievable. <laughs> so, you know, in between games, you can go get your smoothie, get your nutrition. And then um, so D2 steps in front of the pass, like the line. So he's going to step in front of LeBron going full speed. And LeBron, you know, he's fast. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, Imagine yeah. getting hit by LeBron at full speed. Uh, and I was like, I don't know. I was like, a, I was basically like 10 feet away from watching this unfold. And I was like, oh, man. I was like, D2, wrong move, bro. And uh, he got pancaked. Like, luckily, his head didn't hit the ground. He probably would have been put in the hospital. But yeah. he, LeBron, like, caught him as he ran him over. And so, like, D2 was just like, laying there lifeless <laughs> like he had no he, he was just draped there like a little puppet in his arms and lebron picked him up and he was just by his shorts and just it was like a tr- like a giant troll picks up you know in like the cartoons where you like pick up yeah a little, i can imagine yeah. and d2 was just hanging there like a little puppet in the air suspended and he's like come on come on you know wake up and uh you know d2 popped out of it the refs called a foul on lebron and we ended up winning that game uh d2 didn't shoot one time the entire five games. It was hilarious. Yeah. He was so scared. I've done, I've done that before though too. <laughs> yeah. Like LeBron when was, I was guarding when I was, Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I was like a, maybe a sophomore, uh, Michigan state invited me to go play pickup there, you know, for kind of like a recruiting thing. It was like uh-huh. my first time I was going to go down there. And I think I made, I think, I think I took one shot. I got a steal and a breakaway layup and uh, Raymar Morgan came and chased down, blocked me. <laughs> um, you know, like I was like 15 years old. Like I just, I didn't belong out there. It was cool though. You know, to see, to see what like a, you know, a high level, uh, division yeah. one team is like, but, uh, you, you know, when you're 15 years old, never really played, played like that before. I think I took one shot. I, I don't think I would even attempted to shoot. I, yeah. I don't even think I could have attempted to shoot. I don't think they passed me the ball. <laughs> right. Which, they, which then you. when I was in, yeah, which would then when I was in college, uh, the same thing happens. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to try to let this recruit come in here and, and get a bunch of shots up because you don't want them taking your spot. It's, it's all, you know, a competition before it's even a competition. So it's always, it's always yeah. that way. The mental game. I think, yeah. I'm trying to think of a funny story. I got a couple, I guess, I don't know if they're funny, but I got a kind of a good story right now that I just thought of because of that. Uh-huh. So uh, Fred Van Vliet, the uh, Toronto Raptors, uh, you know, the Toronto Raptors guy, he came on a visit to Drake. Um, you know, he was like lightly, lightly recruited. I don't even know if he had any offers at the time. Um, and he came and played pickup with us and, uh, you know, played whatever. He always looked fine, you know, as for recruit. Like I said, you ne- they never get the ball anyway. Yeah. Um, and so this was during recruiting season, you know, in the fall when you were just like working out and playing pickup, things like that. Um, and then the next weekend we had another kid come in, um, Micah Mason. He played in, he played professionally for a little while. He's one of the best three point shooters of all time in, in college, he played at Drake for a year and then Duquesne for three. Okay. Um, and he, uh, you know, he, he came the next weekend or the weekend before or something like that. Well, the next week our coach texted our team as like a group chat, like, Hey guys, um, both of these guys want to commit to us. Who do you think we should take? Well, I don't know. Micah, I think, hung around a little while longer and we kind of had a better relationship with the team. Um, he had been on a visit before. And I think most of the people said Micah, like, hey, we think we should take Micah. Mm-hmm. Well, what's Fred Van Vliet turned out to be? Like a first team <laughs> All-American at Wichita State. He kind of blew up after that. He yeah. became like a bigger recruit, but Wichita State. And uh, his, 
he came. I think he had some personal feelings for us because his first ever big game at Wichita State was against us. So that's uh-huh. kind of a story where uh, uh, maybe the coach shouldn't always ask the players what they think of people because that could have been a big uh, a big get for Drake. Now they, I mean, Fred's yeah. one of the best best players in the bubble right now. You know, for scoring thirty sure. some points and stuff. So he's it's uh, amazing. Yeah, I mean, him and Kyle Lowry are a great backcourt. They complement each other really well. Like, and he's like, I mean, he's one of those guys that like he just can do a little bit of everything. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's kind of small, which I think is why he wasn't drafted. But um, I mean, can shoot, like, can attack the baskets for sure. Fearless. I mean, you could see that in the finals um, last year against Golden State. You know, he's kind of one of the reasons they won. So for sure, um, yeah, that's kind of a funny story where you know you could have potentially this future NBA player and uh it didn't work out because you know just based off pickup games it's insane yeah it's hard it's hard to i mean yeah i mean i didn't get recruited at all so of course you know i'm thinking that same i'm i'm you know he played with a chip on his shoulder and that motivates guys you know through college expect that i know it motivated me every time i played central michigan eastern michigan i was literally just gonna ask you yeah like i I, was literally gonna ask you if you took that personally um I think personally, like personally, maybe sounds like, you know, like I, I, um, you know, like, uh, I got emotional about it, like, or like it, No, it, but did you, did you think like, wow, like, you know, I'm doing, you know, you guys really missed out. Like you wanted to make them feel like they missed out when you were right in their backyard. kind of. Yeah. I feel, I feel that when you believe in yourself, probably like Fred did, he, you know, he, he felt like he was probably a good enough player to play at Drake or go to Drake or whatever. I felt like I was good enough to play at Central and Eastern and Western. You know, Michigan and Michigan State. Now, that's, you know, like I didn't – like those schools, that's high major Division One. So, you know, that was yeah. a big jump for that's, me. But, that's different. Yeah, that, well, that's national recruiting, you know. Yeah. Those guys that's, can go get pretty much anybody. Exactly. So that was a little different. But, yeah, I think what, what happened was um, – it it was I, I'd always just say it felt like jet fuel when I played them. You know, like I just had like another, I just had another. Like it was like somebody put jet fuel in my system, and it just helped me focus. It helped it helped me, um, you know, play hard. I mean, not you know, I played hard pretty much all the time, but you know, it just gave me that little extra. It feels like there's a different level of focus with that type yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like those guys don't know that. You know what I mean? They they are oblivious to my to my chip on the shoulder and they're yeah. oblivious to that motivation and they're oblivious to the focus that I was coming into that game with. So, you know, anytime we, you know, I think my senior year, I think I had 34 or 32 against central at central Michigan, you know, and Jay Smith, who is now at university of Michigan, like, you know, he didn't, he was one of those guys that I wanted, I wanted to play for, um, mm-hmm. you know, so it just, it just gave me that extra motivation and that extra focus. Um, you know, and and that and that worked throughout my off season too. You know, that whole summer of my senior year of high school, all I did was work, man. I, I was working out two to three times a day. You know, I was in the weight room. I was doing everything possible. You know, and I talked to a lot of kids about that. Like, what is your program? What is your program? Don't talk to me about your goals, man. Tell me what your program is, because then we can start talking about where you want to be and where you'll get to. But you know, and I think that's. That's what I like. It's funny. To talk about. It's funny how that works. It's funny how that works. Like in the summer times and stuff. Like nobody can actually see that you're doing anything. But when you're like working out, you feel like you're working for something. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of how it is. Obviously, you know this. Like with professional basketball, like in the summertime, like a lot of times you don't know what you're going to be doing or 
or with, with what team you're going to play for, things like that. But when you're working out, it feels like, like, man, if I'm working out, like they'll know almost that I'm working out, even though they'll have no idea. They wouldn't know if you're working out every day or if you're sitting home doing nothing, you know yeah. what I mean? But it just, yeah. it just feels like you're, you're doing more. Yeah. And I think that's what, you know, like you watch these Instagram trainers and like the NBA, some of these guys that, you know, are working out with these trainers. And I'm just like, man, this is a, this is sending the wrong message to a lot of the youth out there. You know, they're just, these guys are taking 15 dribbles, playing one-on-one, you know, and they're just real fancy and they're, you know, they're, it looks really good. The hype looks really good. And you look around and there's, you know, no help side defense. Nobody's playing hard. You know, guys are just going through the motions. And, you know, like to me, that is the wrong message. We're, we're celebrating the hype of these trainers and the marketing skills they have. That's what we should be yeah. celebrating. You well, know, I think that, I, can kind of, that kind of comes back to bike kids too because you'll see a lot of these kids on YouTube, Instagram, especially now, you know, that look like they're going to be awesome. And then all of a sudden they get into college and they kind of fall off and you never know what happened to them, exactly. you know, because it's all, about, it's all about the highlights, not really ever about the, the overall game. Yeah, my own substance over style was always a quote. I remember my coaches yeah, used to tell me, that, yeah. you know, yeah, substance over style. Sure. But, you know, you can have substance and style too. But, sure. you know, those kids that are like, oh, uh, I want to be, you know, I want to be on the next YouTube highlight reel. I want to be on this or that. Uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, coaches out there, like, like I was a coach, uh, you know, I was looking for value. Like what value do you bring to my team? Yeah. Um. And and what is your value as a player? Because you know you you can't run and you can't hide when you get to the the you know the actual season. You know, and, and when it when the lights turn on and it's time to and it's time to get paid and it's time to show what you're worth. You know, you always get paid for what you did the year before in the pros. You know, and I think it's yeah. hard because in high school you don't really know. In AAU you're playing five games and you yeah, know, a day. A day. Yeah. So what is all that has to happen in AU is one coach sees you on one good day, one good yeah. game, not even one good day, because exactly. they're not they're probably not going to be at all your games. So yeah, so I you know it's a real it's a real uh, scary because you know now with with the the advent of of social media, you know we didn't have to, I didn't have to worry about that stuff. So um, you know I, I feel for these kids now because you know the first thing we all do when we wake up is pick up our phone. You know, for like sure. I I know I do it, 100%. and uh, you know I. I'm not, I'm, you need to work out. That's what I need to do. Cause I'm, you know, I'm bigger than ever. So, you know, like I, if you want to be good at something and, and create value, then you need to go, you, you need to go start working on it. So, yeah. um, that was a huge rant there. <laughs> <laughs> when are you coming back to Northern Michigan? Like what's your, what's your man, right now, right now it's up in the air, man. I haven't signed anywhere yet with this COVID it's, Kind of mm-hmm. all over the place. I don't. I don't think a lot of leagues don't know when they're going to start or for sure. Mm-hmm. But some teams are practicing, so it's like it's all over the place right now. And you're out in LA right now. You yeah, chose. out in LA right now. Yeah, you know, it's something different. Had planned it kind of before this Corona hit, and uh, I stayed in Germany for the until the end of my contract, which I was telling you earlier. I'm, I was, you know, I'm very happy that I did. Um, you know, our season got cut. I guess what was it, middle of March, maybe. Mm-hmm. Around middle of March, we actually had to play one game with no fans, um, a Champions League game. Wow. So that was interesting. Yeah, a playoff game, a Champions League playoff game against Ike Athens. <laughs> no, no fans. That's weird. Um, was it weird? Yeah. It. I mean, it felt like a preseason game. Obviously, with for us, like me and you, I know we've played a lot of closed door preseason games before. 
Yeah. Um, so that's, it wasn't weird in that sense. It was weird that there was such high stakes to it Yeah. because we had lost game one in Athens and we needed to come back home and win this game to force a game three. Mm-hmm. So it was like a really, um, you know, a really important game. And the fact that there was no fans there, um, sucks. that kind of sucks. Yeah, it was, yeah, it did. It did. It did. I mean, it was just, you know, it was just quiet. You know, I, I feel like it's probably a little tougher for the NBA guys because they're used to playing in front of, you know, 20,000. Right. You know, that's got to be something that's completely different for them. Right. But, uh, yeah. And then, so after that, I just stayed there and, you know, luckily, you know, things in Europe got, you know, better. So I was able to work out actually quite a bit, um, in Germany through, you know, May, June. Um, and then to come back here, it's, you know, kind of a culture shock because, you know, obviously out in LA right now, it's, you know, not, uh, not, not the best, not the best for sure. So how, how did Germany handle COVID? Why are they so far ahead of us? Like why is Europe so far ahead of, of of the numbers and the data? Germany specifically they're uh, (laughs) it's funny to say this, but they're, you know, it's not a president, I guess, prime minister, call it a chancellor. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, she, she, a woman, Mm -hmm. uh, is a scientist. So Mm -hmm. that was her background. So I think she kind of got out ahead of this thing. I remember, we had to wear masks almost uh, instantly there um, mm-hmm. and everything closed, like everything closed down. Like, I mean, only the only thing open was the grocery store. So we couldn't get in the gym. You couldn't go to a store. The restaurants were closed except for takeaway. Mm-hmm. Um, it was shut down completely, almost instantly. And when that happened, obviously, um, you know, you can't go outside for a while. For a while, I think actually it was only the only thing that could happen for you to go outside was, obviously going to the grocery store, doctor's office, pharmacy, and you could take walks with only other people in your household outside. So that was about the only things you could do. And that was throughout the whole country. That wasn't just a specific region. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that really slowed it down. People took it very seriously. Um, You know, I think it's a different mindset um, also compared to, you know, United States and Europe, you know, they're much more, okay, I understand they don't immediately jump to, um, you know, more political type things, mm-hmm. um, of why you're doing things. So I think overall that's, that's how they got it under control so quickly to where they were in the end able to go back and play sports granted with no fans. But, um, before I left, they had played basketball games in a bubble similar to the NBA and, and soccer was playing just no fans, just a normal season. And I know now, um, you know, they're able to allow people to go to different countries for, you know, vacation and stuff. So mm-hmm. hopefully that can stay that way where, you know, seasons and, and everything can be played again. But I think the worry is, um, you know, still not knowing much, knowing much about the COVID. Are people going to have to, are people able to get it a second time and things like that? So I think there's still a lot of stuff up in the air. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. The, um, the European the way the Europe shut completely down compared to the States. Like when I came back from Belgium, yeah, when we, they shut I was our just going to say, I, uh, yeah, yours, yeah, yours guys ended very abruptly. Ours, obviously. Yeah. Um, you so played in Germany, it out. Like, yeah, in Germany, they didn't even tell us, like they were just saying like, no, the season, they played it out to like the middle of May before they even said, okay, not every team's going to play. Mm. Like it was like a long time. So, yeah. Um, I mean, you, know, you guys just kind of shut down and you just kind of had to go home, no? Yeah, basically I was like, I mean, you know, the executive kind of the, the you know, the executive order came that, hey, everything's shut down, the bars, restaurants. So yeah. 
you know, at that time we were all, I was kind of in like, nah, I don't really, you know, what is it? This is like the, this is basically the flu. This is a really contagious flu, you know, like it's not, it's not going to, it's not going to spread through like wildfire, like Italy or, you know, Spain, yeah. you, you see the data and you're like, mm, okay, but it's not here, but you know, yeah. it, it, it started coming in and, and then, you know, once it start w- once you start seeing those numbers rise, you know, where it gets exponential, yeah. then, you know, I was like, man, well, I got to get well, home. Is, yeah. Like I got to go yeah. home and they shut down the border the night I left. I had to, I had to drive to Holland and fly out of Amsterdam. Yeah, and, um, it was wild. Think, you know, I think a lot of people read that situation wrong. Honestly, uh, yeah. I'm like I said, I, I stayed until the bitter end. It, yeah. I think a lot of people, you know, because obviously, you know, the, the, the word here in America was like, Oh, it's not here. You know, and at the time it, granted there wasn't any COVID test to test if there was any here, but yeah. um, the thing was like, Oh, it hasn't gotten here. Well, it had, it just, nobody knew they had it at the time, you know? So the, the situation was read wrong, I think by a lot of people, but, uh, you know, I'm happy with the choice I made to, to stay there. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I felt, and like, like I told you, I felt completely safe, like at all times there. Yeah. Um, and so it's, you know, it's a, it's a weird situation though. Yeah, my, a, I got, I got a, a teammate, situation. I got a teammate who was in the hospital around in Akron, you know, and it's just sad. I yeah. sent a video to, um, his wife and, you know, he's like, he's in Akron. He played at Kent state. He played professionally for 10 years he was on LeBron's game show, The Wall. He won a million bucks, and uh, and now million bucks on a game show. Yeah, he won a million dollars on a game show, and um, yeah, I mean it's scary because I I've been getting texts from his wife and 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 the and the Kent State kind of family, and you know they're basically you know he's just like yeah he he didn't feel good. Uh, he started coughing really bad uh, one night, and he went to the basement. The next day, he woke up, and 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 they said like he she said he had fear in his eyes. Like she could, she yeah. could see the fear in his eyes. Like I'm not going to make it. And, uh, so yeah. he got put on a, a ECMO unit, which is like, it basically just like keeps you alive, keeps your lungs moving. You know, yeah. it's, it's uh, one of, there's only 400 of these things in the, in the country. And I think, oh, wow. you know, luckily he got access to it and he's still coming out of it. So, you know, I've been thinking about him and sending him videos and trying to get him motivated. Cause uh, he was the guy that put his arm around me when I was a freshman um, yeah, you know, he's just like massive black guy, right? He's the center on our team. He's just so funny. We called him Pope, and uh, we could, I was like, Pope, Pope, man, I don't think I'm gonna make it. <laughs> like, I, I can't feel my legs. This weight room stuff is killing me. And then, and then right yeah, after man, it, that freshman, that freshman, that freshman stuff is is a whole different level, man. Killed uh, me. It was trying to oh mentally, you just you don't know what you're in for for sure. Yeah. Ben, listen to this. That wasn't even the heart, like the weight room stuff. Okay, I was it was hurting me, but then we would jog out to yeah, the track. The, the, the conditioning is, is oh. where it's yeah, it's that's all it is. The, the conditioning is what like you can tell who's been in college for a little while and yes. who hasn't just by how you know mentally tough they are through conditioning drills. Exactly, I was not. Yeah, I ran. I started off at a six forty-five mile, and by the time I left Kent State, I was at a four forty-five. So yeah. I mean that's just tough. See, we didn't we didn't do the we didn't do the mile we didn't do the mile runs. Yeah, I'm yeah. That's I don't know. I don't even know like what I'd run a mile and like if I actually like went out there like went on a track and like was like all right do your fastest time. I well, let's do I'd it. Do. We'll, let's do it right. Now. I mean, well, let's get you on the books right now. What do you think you'd run it in? Right I'm now, I'm gonna put you at a six fifteen. I was just gonna say somewhere around six thirty would be my guess. Mm-hmm. I think you could get six thirty in your first one, but I think. 
within like three weeks, you could get it to five, some yeah, five thirty. I bet. I bet. I can do that. I'll do that. I'll do that, and I'll let you know. Yeah, we'll post I, it to Huffman Basketball. Yeah. I'll do perfect. it with you. All right, perfect. Mine's going to be perfect. ten fifteen, and I'm going to get it down <laughs> no, to. Because <laughs> I, when I when I run outside right now at like a decent pace, it's like seven thirty. You know what I mean? Like that's like when I'm running a few miles. Yeah. So I think if I like just like all right, you have to run one mile as fast as you can go. I, I, I bet I could get under six thirty. Yeah. No. Well, I was I, when I was in Chicago before I started coaching. Before before coaching ruined my health. I I was I was doing triathlons and running and I you know we had a competition between D2 and and you know he's playing 3 on 3 all over the place so I was yeah. like no this helps motivate me I like to do like challenges like this with my friends or people I'll be like all right let's have we got one month let's see who can run the fastest mile you can it doesn't matter whatever you do you can, as long as you get their mile time in and it's it's, it's documented whoever's got the fastest one wins something you know like we we bet like dinner on it or something like that. And Corey Starkey ended up winning. Really? He ran a, he ran a five. He seems like, he seems like, I was going to say, he seems like he's got the body and in, in stuff for oh, a, yeah. uh, for a good, like six, long six long. Yeah. Like you got that body too, where your stride, yeah, I do. your, your strides like I takes do. three of my little billy goat strides. I'm like, yeah, I like, I think I could actually be a pretty good, like one mile runner if I, put like a lot of work yeah. into it and stuff like that. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Because you got the you got the frame for it. I'm yeah. carrying around a lot of you know, I, I well what I now I'm not carrying around any muscle. Now I just have like a middle aged <laughs> middle aged dad body. bod. You got yeah. your dad bod going on. I there. have no kids. Dad bod, dad no bod. kids. Yeah. That's yeah. not good. It's yeah. not good. But yeah, so we do that stuff, you know, where I love I love challenges like that where it motivates me because I got to get my butt moving. But I think I started off at like an eight thirty and I got it down to five thirty. So I knocked off three minutes. Wow! Um, yeah. But good luck. Let me know how that goes. I will, man. I will. I'll do. I'll, I got. I got an app that'll that'll time it for me. So we'll see how. I use how uh, Map My Run by. Um, yeah, by Under Armour. Under, it's great. It's unbelievable. Yeah, man. That's the one I use too. Do you? Yeah. Same I'm gonna one. find yeah. you on there. I think you can be like. I think we could be friends. Oh, can on you? There. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. That's fine. I was gonna say I can just screenshot it too, but if we can be friends on it, better. <laughs> I don't even know if I. I don't even think I have an account though. I think I just have like the free thing. Yeah. You. I think. I think that's all you need. You just. I don't know how okay, it works. Okay. I. I used it like four times, but every time it's like add your yeah. friends, share your workout with your friends, and I'm like, I don't want to share this. This is embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how do How do people find you, Ben Simons? Of oh man, they can find me. Yeah, yeah, they can find me on uh, Instagram, Twitter at, at B Simons thirty four. I'm on that on both of them, so they can find me there. You think? Um, what's the chances of me getting you into a a, a shooting uh, with the Huffman Virtual Club? You think you'd come on? And dude, I don't. I can come on for sure, but I'm not gonna be able to shoot with you. But yeah. I can. I can come on with you, and, right. and we can talk and and things like that. That's no problem. I'll definitely do that. That'd be fun. All right. Well, we'll we'll, uh, we'll schedule you coming on. I yeah, think. for sure. Yeah, whenever you're doing it. How does <laughs> it work? So, how, yeah, yeah. Tell me. Right, well, we can talk after. Don't worry about it. Every Thursday, 5 p.m., then you're okay. welcome to join us. I got, for sure. you know, typically 10 to 20 kids per, per uh, Just workout. Just at their house. Just like at their house. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, Everybody's at their house streaming. I got one kid, Liam. Liam is like, he's a monster, man. He's gotten so much better, and he works in about five feet of space in his parents' living room. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, it's like, like Liam, you yeah. got to get you got to get some more space, buddy. You're like, you're like a, uh, <laughs> you're like a python in a two-foot cage, man. You got to get out of that thing. You know, you yeah, can't grow anymore. Sure. Uh, well, so. <laughs> if, if we're doing that, I can do that. I got a ball. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need. That's what. That's okay. 
we do, I just do a lot of footwork stuff, dribble, dribble moves, dribble, you know, kind of different categories of, of skips and lateral slides and different stuff. And then then I try to make them, you know, like I really find that kids cannot even do a one, you know, like an inside outside pivot, like curl with your inside foot, you know, square up going to the right or to the left. And I had pros that couldn't do this. I was like, what the heck, Ben? Like, this is really footwork, you know, stuff that people just didn't learn. They didn't put into their 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 development stuff and it and it yep. and it kills you when you get older. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean especially as you start playing in, you know, faster, you know, type things. Yeah. I mean from middle school to high school, like if you don't if you can't pivot and get a shot off, it's it's gonna be yeah. tough for you. It's real tough. So I that's where I see a lot of improvement is just them getting to the you know, getting their footwork into the ground quickly and fast at game speeds, you know, yeah. whether it's a one two step or a jump stop or a lateral slide or a step back like they're able to get their feet into the ground a lot faster than when we first started mm-hmm. and i think that's half the battle for these kids so yeah but well cool man thanks for uh being on thrive no, um, for sure. we'll uh i'll post this and uh we can share it to to all our all our great listeners again out there um thanks for thanks for listening to ben and i chat about hoops training workouts uh, Fred Van Fleet stories to Luka Donacic. Did you actually, yeah, how did, did you, Luka Donacic just, did you guard him in at all? Like, did you get switched on to him? I know you weren't guarding him, but like you at one point were doubling him, right? Yeah. So actually that was my first ever good game in the ACB. I had 21 points that game. He was guarding me a little bit and I had a good game that game, but were you obviously like- did you whisper no, something no, into his no. ear? Like, no, I didn't whisper anything into his ear. I, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure I was on him a little bit because, you know, obviously, um, transition things. I can't remember anything specifically, so he yeah. didn't score on me. That means uh, I'm not saying he didn't uh, make some plays, but because yeah. <laughs> uh, he did, but because <laughs> uh, he because he always yeah, does because he definitely did. But uh, yeah, I, I can't remember anything specifically. We did say that, that actually that game was a record though. Uh, the most threes ever made in a game in the ACB. It was like really? 38 compared oh to the two teams. Yeah. So I made seven. One of my Jeez. teammates made six. Uh, JC Carroll for Real Madrid made like six. And then wow. they had like uh, Rudy Fernandez played in the mm-hmm. NBA for a while, made like five. I mean, dude, they, it was just crazy. Like, lights out, huh? Well, yeah. So, so for them, obviously, they have to play a lot of games with uh, Euro League and things like that. So they played like a zone against us for a little bit. And I think try to save a little bit of legs. Mm-hmm. Um, and we made a bunch of threes, and they had to get out of it. But for us, like I told you, uh, we were you know throwing a bunch of different defenses at them, and they just came up with the right solution every time. And it was just like a clinic of yeah. European passing. It looked like the Spurs in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like the Globe Trotters playing the, the who who do they play the Generals? Well, no, it was a close <laughs> game. Like we ended up, we lost by like five or six. So like it was a great game. It was just super offensive. Yeah, thirty eight threes. I think yeah, yeah that's uh, yeah, that's super I offensive. That, that's unbelievable. I think because I, I no no thirty six because it was 36. nineteen and seventeen. Nineteen <laughs> and seventeen. But there's only you only get it's not the NBA. You don't have as many minutes. That's crazy. Yeah. That's yeah, a college game. Threes. It was it's so yeah, the score was I mean sure in the hundreds, you know, like I'm sure we they for sure got in the hundreds. We were close if not in there. So mm-hmm. it was uh yeah. It was fun though. That was a fun game playing against those guys. That's cool. I love that. I'd be I didn't talk trash when I played, but I would 
just like to picture you, you know, like you and Luca talking yeah. a little smack to each other and, nah, nah. and him being like, dude, I'm nah. 18. Why are you even talking to me? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I'm 18 and I'm going to be the, well, we th- at the time everybody thought he was going to be the first pick. It didn't end up happening that way, but yeah, which is embarrassing. Yeah, it's embarrassment for sure. Oh my gosh. All right, man. Well, thanks again. And, uh, hope you right, stay safe out there and, uh, yeah, man. Good luck with the puppy. I know you got a new puppy you're training. Oh, man. We got to talk after this. I'm going to ask you a couple questions. (laughs) All right, man. See, uh, we'll stay on. I'll talk to you. All right. All right. See you.